0: Welcome to Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Being a fireman, father, veteran, husband, world record holder, and Ironman, he brings stories of experience to impact your life while challenging you to live it. What do you want from your life? Why do you want it? Are you willing to go through the challenges to get there? If you have the courage to take that first step, let this podcast be the catalyst to start your fire while you bring the resilience to make it continue to burn our lives are made up of moments called right nows. So let's get started. Forged in the Fires podcast with your host, Fireman Rob, begins now.
1: We got the same. back to forge in the fires podcast i'm your host fireman rob today's guest is an honor to have him on here it is someone that you're you're going to want to listen to this you want to turn up the volume make sure that you're listening taking notes um re-listen to this because this gentleman has been in the military for a long time has done numerous different uh positions within the military uh he's a united states marine he has held numerous positions from uh in the defense intelligence agency and now he is actually the command senior enlisted leader of the united states space command let me welcome to the program master gunnery sergeant scott stalker how are you doing sir
2: Hey, doing well, Rob. Thanks for having me. You know, um, actually, I get a little pumped up and excited. So they, the audience might want to turn down the volume because we'll blow. Oh no, out heck today. no! Heck no! Yeah.
1: Heck no! No, I want, I want, I want the person in the car next to somebody listening to this podcast able <laughs> to hear it. That's the key. Okay. <laughs> I, it's it's so awesome to be able to speak to somebody who has made their life mission and their life goal to. Preserve the freedom because I, I think a lot of people don't understand um, what it takes to be able to live in a great country that we have, and have individuals like yourself take that that oath very young. Um, you know when you enlisted, and continue on. I want to go back to when you first enlisted. I, I, can you can you remember that far back? Yes, See, I, can, was, yeah, I can say it, that because I'm on I'm behind a, a screen. But <laughs> if I was in person, I would have said that.
2: Yes, well, well, no. It it is factual that it was last century. Um, <laughs> so, first off, let, let let me say that I'm just a person, and everything I've achieved is achievable. Um, it it I don't have a magic potion. So we'll walk down the story there. Um, Love and it. certainly people have achieved far more than I have. Um, but but going back to then, I I knew early on that uh, two things were true. One, I wanted to serve my country, and two, I needed to get out of a a situation where I was probably not going down the right path as a young boy, uh, turning into a young man. And Mm -hmm. so I uh, basically struck a deal with my principal in high school where um, (laughs) he would allow me to take um, extra work to include work home, and I would uh, graduate early. So I contacted my recruiter in the Marine Corps when I was 16, um, and I had that deal uh, where I was going to go in. My parents agreed. I finished high school a year early. Um, at wow. seventeen, and and so I I joined the corps at seventeen, and oh um, it it was really for a, a lot of reasons. One, I didn't necessarily have the the strongest father figure in my life, mm-hmm. and and without that, I I filled that void uh by not being necessarily the best person uh around, and so getting into trouble, you know, nothing major, but getting into trouble, and that right. was not the the right path. I also saw um our service members in Desert Storm, and I. I thought, wow, I I want to be a part of that. I I thought that would be hard and challenging. And I really strive and and seek out stress and challenges. I I enjoy competition and and things that are hard. And I found by by going after those things that are hard, um, you tend to grow. And by growing, you you improve and, and get better. And that also gives you the opportunity to help others. So. Um, that's the early story in, in how I got to where I'm at today. And there's certainly a lot of variables in between we can get at. I, and and I
1: love that because you, you, you know, when I went into the military and basic training, you see a lot of those individuals who choose to take this path. And I I want you to talk more about the honor behind that. I mean, these individuals are, you know, in essence, uh, giving their lives to, so other people can, um, you know, pursue, uh, great things and pursue other things. And they're realistically saying, Hey, I'm going to preserve that for you coming out of a, a bad environment. That's, that's really tough. Is that, is that something that you go back on and you, and, and today you really, um, utilize what you
2: did back then? Yeah, I, I don't spend a lot of time reflecting in the rear view mirror. i I actually am okay. very for, forward focused and future focused, but what I would say is, um, I'm a patriot. I love America. We have our warts. We have our challenges. We have our history. Um, But I think most patriots are looking at understanding our history and then finding ways to improve. How do, how do we get better as a nation? Um, And, and so that, that in many ways is why I wanted to serve America is I believe in, in our country and our flag. And I believe um, in being a patriot. And so being able to serve is just an honor. And I actually never, had a grand plan on let's do four years or, or now I'm <laughs> over 30 years. Um, it, it, it kind of just happens and yeah. I'm still enjoying it. Matter of fact, I'd continue doing this if I was able to, um, awesome. at some point the core is going to ask me to kindly to leave. But, um, yeah, I, so, so I, I'm really, you know, as we talk about leadership and, and, you know, even this podcast, um, to me, it's, it's executing by design. And, and so that means you're thinking forward, you have a plan, and so I don't spend a whole lot of time looking back and and, and patting myself on the back for things I've accomplished. Um, I really am trying to, okay, how do I improve? How do I get better? That's just kind of my mindset. That's such a powerful statement because you
1: have a lot of people that you are leading and some are young and some are in the middle of their career. How do you instill that that philosophy that you just stated into um, into their lives? Because you have so many different... Um, people of different uh, backgrounds and, and different aspirations. How do you, how do you start that leadership process of instilling that forward sight in their minds?
2: I think most people can sense a fake, a fraud. Um, And so you have to actually believe it. You actually, you actually have to love your people and, and leadership also requires that you lead up. And so that is, that is usually by setting a strong example. Um, And so I think it's, it's every day consistently performing it's every day um, trying to improve others, not so much reflecting on yourself and, and, and looking at the accolades for, for you as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but leadership, really, you can change. You can really scratch that word out and just put love there. And if you think of uh, if you're a parent, how do you uh, how do you lead your children? You, you love them. You uh, you show them the way you 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 uh, have fun with them, um, right. but also you hold them accountable. And accountability um, doesn't need to mean something that's brutal, but it means every time they do something, okay, let's talk about this. How do we, how do we improve? And so for me personally, um, I'm always trying to do that. And, and I have mentors that, that I know aren't going to always tell me how great I am, but, but say, hey, yeah, you did that well, but here's how you can get better. So right. it is a mindset and it's truly, um, it's looking in the mirror first and foremost. That is the first leader. It's you. Right. You have to lead by that example, um, by, by the comments you make, by, by the, the choices you make, the decisions you make and your actions. And then, and then you know, one of my, my, uh, my best friends and, and a guy that uh, I'll say is the reason I'm here today, just passed away a few weeks ago, Lieutenant yeah. General Vince Stewart. And um, one of the things I loved about him is he gave me all the opportunities in the world Um, and then it was on me to, to, to move forward with those opportunities. Um, but he also held me accountable and that meant he would occasionally tell me, Hey, here's how you can get better at that. And I think as leaders, all of us, whether you're leading one person or or 18,000, um, you know, 18,000 representing the, the space command enterprise, if you will, um, no matter how many you're leading, you have to lead yourself first. And, and so we, we have this saying in my house, you're allowed, to have, you're allowed to have a bad day. You're not allowed to be mean. And so if, if you're having a bad day. <laughs> I love that. Right, right. Who hasn't had a bad day? But if you're having a bad yeah. day, especially for me, I'll probably tell the team, hey, I need, I need to take a knee um, and work from home. Or, or I'm going to come in a few hours later and, and get a longer run in or something like that. Uh, because if I come in and, I be, and, I'm, and I'm mean, um, that resonates uh, uh, throughout. Right. And, and so, you know, that impression becomes what everyone thinks of me. And so, yeah, everyone has that bad day, but, but just don't be mean to one another.
1: That's, that's such a powerful statement, especially from somebody like yourself. You know, I know, um, you just lost one of your good friends and I I can't tell you enough how uh, hard that would probably be. And can you tell me more about that, that bond that you had with, uh, Lieutenant General Stewart? Um, what was that bond and how did that really craft, um, really, uh, helping others to find that person within the military to help them become better people. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, I, to, I I'm sorry. I, I, no. I think it's, it's powerful to have a, an individual yeah. like that. So him, um, remembered.
2: Yeah. The, oftentimes people will say, I wouldn't be here without this person or that person. Um, it is, I can say this with hundred percent certainty without Lieutenant General Vince Stewart, I'm not here today period. And I don't mean alive. I would be alive. Um, but I mean, in this position um, right. or, or my previous position or the one before that. And so um, many years ago, I was in a special operations unit with the Marine Corps, and I had the opportunity to give a presentation. And at the time, he was a one-star general uh, as a director of intelligence for the Marine Corps. And so I gave him this presentation um, and, then, and then he went away. And, and apparently that presentation made an impression on him because as he became the commander of Marine Forces Cyber, he, he brought me up with him. And then he did something in the Marine Corps. And you have to understand our culture a little bit to understand this. But he selected me to be the senior enlisted leader for the Defense Intelligence Agency. And in the Marine Corps, why that's different is normally a sergeant major would do that. I, I'm also an E9, but I'm a master gunnery sergeant. And mm-hmm. and, and that's different. We're, we're normally running an operations section or, or a technical expert in a specific uh, specialty. Um, uh, but, but general Vince Stewart said, you know, I, I, want to, uh, give everyone an opportunity and what he termed, uh, I want, I want to select the best athlete in his eyes. I was oh, that wow. best athlete. And so him and I did so much together. Uh, we traveled together. We did a lot. Um, he came from Jamaica at the age of 13. Okay. No as he tells it, nothing. Um, he had nothing and he became a Marine, uh, three-star general, an American, Jeez. a Patriot, we, uh, we did something at DIA that um, I still pause occasionally and reflect on, and that was what we called E Pluribus Unum Day. So if you understand the Latin, uh, yep. E Pluribus Unum means out of many, one. Um, and so this was an opportunity for us not to celebrate a specific demographic or a specific race or culture or whatever. It was to celebrate all of us coming together as Americans, and out of many, we were one. And I remember the national anthem playing and, and, and him and I had our hands over our heart and I looked over to him uh, and I saw a tear coming down his eye. I mean, he, he genuinely loved this country. He genuinely loved our people. And, and that really is baked into my soul. Um And so I'll always um, be grateful for Vince Stewart. And I'm still processing this. I mean, this literally just happened a few days ago. Right. Um, and it's, it's just, uh it's really sad. You know, it's really sad, but um but the but the most important thing is now to honor his memory, and Correct. and to do the things he talked about, which is to give others opportunities. Maybe some of those others are people that don't look like you. So uh, right. yeah, you know. And I would I would tell people if you get a chance to read about him, please do.
1: I I, I appreciate you being open and and talking about that because I can only imagine how hard it is. But it like you said, it's it's about honoring and remembering and having people hear about these stories, um, can you go back in, in your, um, in your deployments and in your time and really point to a leader when you were younger, um, within your, you know, uh, Marine Corps career that kind of led you down a great path. What was one of those leaders that was either on a deployment or while you were at training that led you down a path that you're like, that's what I needed at that moment.
2: Yeah, I can. That's that's very easy for me to do. This is uh, this is 1993. I'm a brand new uh, private first class E2 and an individual had injured themselves. And so I had to go from one unit to the other. And it was a great opportunity because I was going from from at that time. We had a lot of non deployable units well before 9-11. So I went from a non deployable unit to a squadron, a, a CH-46 squadron that was going to deploy soon. And I had won previously to that. I had won a Marine of the quarter board. And, and so I moved over to this unit, um, then HMM 365 out of New River, North Carolina. And uh, Sergeant Major Ron Kirby saw me. And he said, hey, Marine, didn't you just win that Marine of the quarter board? I said, yes, Sergeant Major. You know, I'm, I'm checking into the unit now. The very next day, the very next day, he had an entire squadron formation with the commanding officer, and he instantly meritoriously promoted me to Lance Corporal on the spot. Wow. Um, and, and our relationship um, was awesome. bonded from there. Um, he spent a lot of time investing in me. Uh, we studied together. We trained together. We prepared together. Certainly as an E2, now E3, um, I wasn't, you know, spending an awful lot of time with him. But when I did, it was powerful and impactful. Right. Um and I ended up winning a few more boards and making meritorious corporal and meritorious sergeant as well. Uh, possibly even too fast, quite frankly, as I reflect back. <laughs> on um, but he knew that I could I could bear yeah, that it. weight.
1: Yeah.
2: To this day, Ron Kirby is someone I speak to. Ron came to uh, my ceremony at the Defense Intelligence Agency. He was unable to make the last two. We had some COVID uh, situation, as you know, and so that became hard with yeah. traveling and 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 participation. Uh, but Ron still invests in me, and 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 so he, not only was he a leader that invested in me, but but he continues to do so um, as a as a long time retired Marine now. That's that's amazing.
1: And you like you were talking about the promotions and things like that. What did it, what does it mean to get to that Master Gunnery Sergeant position? Because that's that's not an easy route, and it's not something that everybody's able to get to. What did that mean when you when you were able to put that on your on your arm and and have that title because it's it's an
2: honor isn't it? yeah, it is it should not be easy. I was actually just right. a moment before we came in here I was talking to the public affairs colonel and we were talking about how physical fitness should be hard um in order to grow in order to improve you need to uh be challenged you now if I, I I did a little bit of background on the the name of this podcast as I was coming in, I thought of, you know, Forged in Fire, how, how cool that is. And I thought back to Game of Thrones. There you um, go. You know, it, it, so you think of Game of Thrones, the, the most powerful weapon they had was Valerian steel, right? That Valerian steel was forged in fire through dragon fire. Right. So just, just the coolness of that. And so stress um, and, and, and hard work and, and discipline tends to lead to, to growth. Um, Ron Kirby certainly got me there. Um, and, and so I think of uh, all of the things we do here at Space Command, uh, really r- as a reestablished combatant command. How do we mature the force? How do we uh, let the joint force understand what we're doing? How do we work as a warfighting combatant command to either uh, provide capability and options to the secretary of defense? Um, or, you know, literally on a day to day basis, how do we motivate and inspire our people? There's there's an awful lot we can dive into there. Um, Rob, I'll tell you, um, I'll be honest with the audience here. I'm I'm a little older now, so I forgot the exact question you asked me. So what, what did you, uh, you,
1: you actually, you were good. That's the, that's the best thing about having a conversation, you know, with, with a friend. It's, you know, the number of times that you have better answers than the one that I asked, that's what we go with. (laughs) <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad yeah. I answered the question that
1: I forgot. <laughs> yes, you did it perfectly too. Um, you, you know, when we talk about you were talking about Space Command, and, and I think yeah. a lot of people don't understand um, what it is or 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 how so important it is. And I love on the you know Space Command um, site the statement of from the ultimate high ground. That is That, that to me, um, having been in the military, I understand that part. Can you explain more what that ultimate high ground in it is and why is it so important for us?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um, if, if you understand military terminology, we talk a lot about the area of responsibility our area of responsibility for United States space command is everything except planet earth. Jeez. So just that statement alone is powerful. We, yeah, we are responsible for everything except the planet. Um, and so we we, we keep an eye on and where that begins is a hundred kilometers uh, above the earth's, um, sea level, if you will, okay. and, and, and outward, but everything we do, we can talk either militarily or just our global economy, everything we have and do, relies on space-based capabilities. The fact that we are able to connect right now and communicate is Great. because of space-based capabilities. The fact that we can get on the internet is because of space-based capabilities. If we want to withdraw money from the ATM, that requires precision navigation and timing, which allow which is comes from a space-based capability. And so all of those things are critical. Space is also not new. We have had space-based capabilities in combat since Vietnam, where, where in the Vietnam War, space allowed us to um, understand the meteorological effects a little bit better. We got a little bit more improved with it in Desert Storm, as we use what we call our second offsite, uh, offset, excuse me, um, known as precision-guided munitions, the first offset being nuclear. Um, and that allowed us to do things that we have never done before, which is to put a, a smart bomb exactly where we, where we, uh, where we wanted it. Um, both reducing civilian civilian casualties and and executing exactly what we wanted to, and so from a war fighting perspective, space is critical if we're going to be in in the uh, south pacific um, or or you look at what's what's going on right now um, in in europe um, space is right. is heavily reliant, and we've seen also an emerging um, use of commercial space we we have m- many companies that have allowed us to provide capability to the Ukrainians so that they're able to communicate. Um, and also commercial oh, wow. companies have allowed us to see when, for example, on the 15th of November in 2021, Russia um, ended up launching a missile and shooting out one of their own satellites. If it wasn't huh. for the commercial company, I'd be challenged to talk about that because All everything right. we do here is tends to be highly classified, but a commercial company, a uh, commercial satellite company um, allowed us to, to really tell the, the world about that irresponsible behavior. So there's so much to space. It's making sure that we can communicate. It's making sure that our, our troops on the ground, um, in the air, in, at sea, have the intelligence they need. Um, and it's also being being able to navigate using a GPS signal as well. So, you know, we can spend, quite frankly, hours so and much. hours going over the Yeah. <laughs> That's but a, to, I, I, suffice I, it to yeah. say, it is the critical enabler to modern warfighting.
1: And, and now you, you know, cause you've been in the military for a long time that you understand the, how the, um, the art of war, I guess you could say, um, for lack of a better term has changed throughout time, but yet the, the leadership and the command of those areas, has that changed dramatically or is it similar to
2: what it was when you started? Yeah, this is a great. When you used Art of War, it it, it kind of triggered some thoughts here because there's a great uh, conversation being held right now in terms of science or art, in terms of artificial intelligence, um, or or the human in the loop. And so we could we can dive down that, you know, with with generative generative AI and what that's going to do. I think leaders now have more tools, but they also have an overwhelming more amount of information, and so huh, yeah. there the, we we. War hasn't changed so much, but the character of war is changing and is evolving. As you would imagine it should, where we've right. gone from you know horse horses and 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 spears um, to what I talked about with precision guided munitions and other capabilities out there in space and cyber. and so we we have to adapt and understand the information environment. So information is now the seventh war fighting function uh, for the Department of Defense and how that has changed things and and really, Um, with what we call mission command, which is basically where commanders give out their intent and at the lowest level possible, those junior enlisted and junior officers execute. And we have to do that. And that gets to the changing character of war. We have to do that, excuse me, because um, at the end of the day, we have adversaries that will do their best to try to take out our space-based capabilities that will try to make sure we can't navigate, we can't communicate, and we can't, Execute uh, the intelligence missions that we need to, and so if we can't communicate with our higher headquarters, the art, as you talked about, is going to require our most junior enlisted and junior officers to know the intent of their leader, execute discipline initiative, and continue right. on with the mission. Um, and this is what we call mission command. This is this is this is in many ways the strength of the American military and our partners and allies is the empowerment. Of junior enlisted, of of non commissioned officers, and of junior officers as well. That's, our uh, our competitors out there don't necessarily don't necessarily see it that way, and don't right. necessarily execute that way, where it's mostly held at the highest level of authority.
1: That's a that's a huge, uh, you know, having the junior enlisted understand how to make those critical decisions is so important. How, how do you balance, because it has to be two different um, ways of, you know, you have the advanced technology, right? But like you said, what if that technology goes away? What is that balance, that fine balance between um, being able to do uh, Morse code and being able to understand, uh, you know, AI. What is how do you balance the two? Because if something goes off, you know, you have to have that operational readiness um, and situational
2: awareness to be able to react in that situation. How do you how do you do that as a leader? Rob, this is everything I've done over the last five years. Um, my time at Cyber Command and NSA and now at Space Command, everything I've done in, in my number one focus has been exactly to the point you've made. And so we have to do a couple things here. In our professional military education, in our training, and in our exercises, it has to be based on the actual threat and what our competitors are, are able to do. And so right. when you take into account the actual threat, you need to have your, your education preparing for that, your training prepared for that, and your exercises prepared for that. They have to be tough and realistic, which means you do train on the exquisite capabilities that are out there. All of the right. great technology that we have in the Department of Defense, we have to be mindful of. And even the, the, the new technology that the commercial sector is providing to us. Absolutely. We've got to be able to use it. It gives us a strategic advantage. And um, on the on the flip side of that, we also cannot um, outsource our leadership, outsource our warfighting capability and say, well, if the technology doesn't work, I'm sorry, you're not going to get warfighting capability. You know, you go to a restaurant and maybe if the, if, maybe if the uh, machine, if the cash register's not working, maybe they got to close down their business. That's not an right. option for America's no. military and, 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 and nor should yeah. you expect it. And so we've got to still be able to use a map and compass. We've still got to be ex- execute uh, what I call a missions control MCON out at sea. We've got to still be able to navigate using a sextant and, and the, and the classic ways We've done this before because, you know, you can just open up a history book and you realize we oh, yeah. fought and won before space and cyber. We need to be able to do that again, yeah. hopefully. And our goal here at Space Command is to make sure there is never a day without space and we're still delivering that capability. But we do have adversaries out there will do everything they can to deny and degrade that. And, and so, as as I said, for the last five years, everything I've done is to make sure the entire joint force is aware of this they know the threat that's out there and what our adversaries can can do, and so we're able to use the exquisite, but fall back on the basics and fundamentals when needed.
1: Oh, I just got chills uh, when you're talking about that because it that just excites me because it's it's so powerful to have um, leaders talking about that. You know, don't forget how to how to do the basics, but let's let's learn the you know making individuals more well rounded than we see on the basic uh, streets here, you know, in the civilian population, I think it's so powerful that, um, how, how do you see that translate, that that being able to well-round an individual while they're in, when they leave after 4, 8, 12, whatever it is, be able to come into society, because it's, it's completely different, and be able to have a higher functioning understanding of uh, of the tangibility of being able to do multiple things and not just one what what does that mean to you to, as a leader to be able to provide that for these
2: individuals i um, yesterday i I had all my enlisted over at the chapel as I did an offsite or excuse me a a town hall with them the week prior i i I brought all my senior enlisted leaders together um, and so different audiences but but ultimately. Whether they're going to serve us four years, um, thirty plus years like myself, or, or maybe even closer to forty like my Commander General Dickinson, um, you, you you take you take the time that you have, and you invest in them, and I, and then I think you got to empower those individuals, and yeah. and so you know, while the the average American today could could find a fast food restaurant and and start for. $16, $18 an hour. I saw uh, an advertisement <laughs> for $18 an hour out here. And in oh, many ways, that pay would equal an E-4 with five years in the, in the armed forces. Right. Um, the difference is unbelievable because that E-4 has potentially led troops in combat, has had to make life or death decisions. And so the leadership differences of those individuals are just are completely different. And so for, for America and society, when they're looking to, to hire uh, uh, service members, whether they did four years um, or they're going to come out as, as someone uh, who's going to retire like myself at some point, um, you're not just getting the skill set, whether that is someone who has done administrative work, cyber operations, you're getting a, a, a true t- tested leader, someone who has been t- right. t- tested under stressful environment. Um, and that is a, a, a tangible skill that I don't know you can just teach. You have to have, <laughs> you have to have lived that stress. No. Just like you, Rob, right? As a firefighter, you've lived that stress. You read the books about what it takes, but yeah. the first time you kick in the door, yeah. it's different and it's real. Yeah. Um, and that realism just, just change in many ways. It evolves you. It changes you in many ways, all positive
1: it's it's huge experiential knowledge and I don't think people you know they don't put it on the resume the experiential knowledge they have but it's so powerful when you when you uh, as you get older like us um, understanding how much how much value that has over you know i the educational side is important right the book side but that experiential knowledge will get you to that next level when when we talk about the intelligence community because this is it's a very tight-knit community. It's very hard to get into. I know a few of uh, uh, guys that I was in with, they tried to get in there and they didn't get through the whole process. Talk to me more about the intelligence community of once you get in there, like you're constantly learning. It's a constant growth curve, right?
2: Yeah, it is. Um, but the intelligence community exists for a reason. And, and having uh, been a part of that tribe, if you will, um, I'm always reminding them that we don't, you know, if you ever find yourself in a room of intelligence professionals talking to intelligence professionals, you're in the wrong room. You need to be in the room <laughs> talking to decision makers, and those decision right. makers could be individuals that we have elected, um, or or commanders, or anything in between. That's the purpose of of that. And so, in 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 many ways, to this entire conversation we're having is it's understanding why we exist, the context, you know, Simon Sinek's start with why. Why yeah. are we doing this? Um, and so why does the intelligence community exist? It doesn't exist for the sake of existing It exists so that we can have decision advantage, so that our commanders and our elected leaders can make decisions, whether those are economic decisions, diplomatic decisions, information decisions, or as a last resort, potentially the use of, of the military. And, and that's why we exist. And so I, I do spend a lot of time talking to my peers in the intelligence community and just just occasionally nudging them and say hey this is great information but it's irrelevant if a decision maker doesn't have it
1: I, I love that statement I just wrote it down decision decision advantage tell me more about like that because that's it's such a it's amazing statement because it it makes sense in the intelligence community but how can that translate to somebody who's in a business or you know just a a normal individual in their
2: daily lives well i think how it could translate to an individual is if i uh, i if i was a stockbroker and i said hey we need to invest in in blockbuster that would be a bad uh, decision today. Um, ha- and, and I'm just using a company. I'm not picking on one here, but no, no. It, yeah. this decision advantage is using the intelligence and it's seeing oh, it's being able to anticipate action. Uh, and that's what we need to do in, in the intelligence community is anticipate adversaries' actions and their decisions. So hopefully we can deter bad behavior, right? Um, right. Certainly much of that comes from Space Command, whether that's um, intelligence surveillance and reconnaissance where we can see the entirety of the planet or even look up and see um, what's going on in space. But it translates in many ways. You talked about the art of war and the art of leadership. Um, really what we're trying to do, if you're, if you're in a business, it's, it's seeing where things are going. Um, so as an example, if, if you were saying, well, I'm not going to do this social media thing, or I'm not going to be on the Internet, that's right. probably not an intelligent decision. Um, you can choose not to be on the Internet. You can choose uh, not to participate in society, but you're likely going to get passed by. And, and, right. and so, you know, just being mindful of the, the emerging market, not necessarily investing on what was successful yesterday, but what's going to be successful in the future. Um, and I think that's kind of that growth mindset. That's the business mindset. And, and really, uh, to your point in the intelligence community, it's, it's not so much that we have a crystal ball and, and can predict things. Um, but if you study history, you understand the will of the adversary, the will of the leader, and then right. what they're likely to do. Um, that's giving that decision advantage to a decision maker, whether that decision maker has been elected or is a commander. I love that. I love that. I, I, I completely appreciate all of the time
1: today and especially your service to our country. And I always end the same way with three questions. Are you ready for those questions? <laughs> I am ready, but to be fair, I don't know what they are. I, that's the good thing. I never, yeah. I never, I never give them that. This is that stress moment. You never yeah. know what I'm going to ask you. Bring, um, if you could go back to your 18-year-old self and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that be?
2: I would say be a little more patient, but also probably spend more time um, academically uh, uh, stressing yourself out a little more and, and getting to school. I didn't get my bachelor's till about 10 years ago, and my master's I actually finished a few years ago. Um, and so there was a lot of time that I spent doing things that um, I probably could have been uh, investing more in myself there. And so be, be patient. Um, I seem to always have wanted to know what the next thing is. Um, So a little, a little more patience there. That's just my DNA. That's normal. That's normal. Right. But that's, that's the advice I'd give. I love it.
1: I love it. And the next question is, is, you know, everybody has challenges and struggles in their life. If you could give themselves two
2: habits to incorporate into their daily lives, what would those two things be? two habits. I think uh, you, so we know how much time in the day we've got. It, it won't be uh, breaking news if I said you get 24 hours in a day, but I think <laughs> you, you you really have to prioritize. And I had a good friend at Special Operations Command who asked me one time, he says, why do you wake up at 4.30 in the morning and go, go PT? If PT is the most important thing in your day, then you yeah. do that in the middle of the day. You leave work and go do your physical fitness. Um, you go to the gym or go for a run there. And, and so granted, I, I can take advantage of that given what I do and many people that are listening probably can't, but whatever your most important thing is, put that on the schedule first. And the same thing with number two is make sure you, you schedule your priorities, not that your priorities are scheduled, um, or, 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 your, excuse me, you schedule your priorities. It's not that your calendar is your priority. And, right. and so you don't want to go through life, just checking things off. What's the most important thing you need to do today? And then get that done first. Um, and then so on and so forth. And as an example, um, later today, I'm going to spend time with my financial advisor so that I can make sure that I'm prepared in life. And that's something I prioritized and I'm taking time off to go do that with my wife. Um, so that we're ready for a future. We just have to look at what our priorities are individually, personally, and professionally, and make sure those are on the calendar first. And I think fitness should be on there as long as, as as well as sleep. Um, so you're getting (laughs) the rest you need, because if you don't, yeah. you slowly become that vehicle that's not getting its oil changed. And it will run for a long time, but it won't run as long as it can, and it won't run as efficiently as it can. That's so true.
1: That's so true. I love that. All right, this last question is going to be, I have no idea who you're going to pick. So if you could sit at a firehouse table, um, in other words, any questions, you can ask any questions, they, they're always answered. If you could sit at a firehouse table and have coffee with three individuals they can be deceased or alive, Who would those
2: three be and why? Wow. Um, Okay. Yeah, you did get me there. Um, (laughs) The the first one would be uh, Master Sergeant Roy Benavidez, who in my eyes is the most incredible warrior that I've ever read about. And Roy Benavidez was in the Army Special Forces. Um, His actions in Vietnam, if you read them, you, you almost think you're reading a fiction novel. And so I would love to spend some time engaged in a conversation with Roy Benavidez, who's no longer with us, um, and get his thoughts as he went through um, that battle in Vietnam and in his actions, and then really pick his brain on what I can do to improve. Um, Number two, I've been reading an awful lot as I get ready to transition. Uh, I've been reading a lot about George Washington's transition from presidency until his final days. And I'd love to sit and, and talk to him. And, and, and understand how he made some decisions and, and had some thoughts um, going through a lot of challenges, obviously, as we gave birth to this country um, and the issues he had he had to go through. So I would pick George Washington. And then lastly, uh, you know, as you look at the 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 challenges we've had in our nation recently with some civil unrest um, and Great. some things as well, um, we've been down this road before. And so I'd love to spend some time with President Abraham Lincoln. And, and talk to him about, hey, what are some decisions we may may be able to make um, that can get us on the right path, um, and, you know, again, out of many, one. Um, so we're all rowing in the same direction. So those would be the three. There's probably an awful lot more. Those are the three that That's I can fantastic. think of off the top of my head. I love that. Master,
1: uh, Master Gunnery Sergeant uh, Stocker, it's been an honor to have you on this program, and uh, definitely a lot of nuggets of wisdom uh, that you dropped on us, so I appreciate it. Thank
2: you, Rob. Thanks for the opportunity. And I appreciate your audience as well.
0: Thanks for listening and supporting the Forged in the Fires podcast with Fireman Rob. Remember, don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. And please share this episode with a friend or family. To find out more about Fireman Rob or reach out about a question, go to www.firemanrob.com. Until next time, live your life forged in the fires.